This week on the podcast, we talk about the D&D live event, The Descent, all things and announcements, as well as our own game tales, the big thematic climactic payoffs. Welcome to We Speak Common. Let's start right now. Hello, Joe. Hello, Benjamin. How you doing? You all right? I'm very well, mate. Mm. Very well. We've got coffee, we've got water, we've got studio with aircon. We're ready to go. We're actually in one of our most like, best set-up positions that we've ever been in. Normally, it's a little bit more slapdash than this. Yeah, we've had some time to <laughs> actually make sure the studio is set and ready for us. Um, okay, so I think we will start this episode because uh, with a, a little recap on what's going on in the world. Because last, well, I say last weekend, um, we're recording on a on a Saturday. So two weekends back, D and D had their live event, The Descent, mm-hmm. which rhymes, um, and announced a load of things. So we'll go over that just really briefly talk about what's there and what we think um, and then I guess get into the meat of today's topic yeah cool did you watch any of The Descent? I watched a little bit I didn't watch any of the games I was more there for the announcements, the announcements. and yeah. whatnot. so I never watch it live because of the time difference but I've watched I watched the opening ceremony and I'm sort of slowly waking, making my way through the games they're a bit wacky and weird which is quite fun um, definitely worth going back and checking out but Main announcement was the new adventure is called Descent into Avanas. Avanus? I never know how you say that. First level of the Nine Hells, and it starts in Boulder's Gate. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. The opening ceremony, uh, Chris Perkins describes it as the Gotham City of Faerun, which is cool. And then he also describes the adventure as a mix between uh, Mad Max and something else, which is kind of a mental image that I didn't know I'd ever want from D&D. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Mm. It's like a bit um, anachronistic, I suppose. A bit mad. Yeah, a bit out there. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen from the games, it's quite interesting. They've got like actual uh, kind of like vehicles, like actual vehicles, not like horse-drawn vehicles. Yeah, but like magical yeah, like they, they creatures run the souls and of the dead. stuff like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool. It is quite cool. <clears throat> I, I like... That's the stuff I like most about those sort of adventures is when... They delve into a particular like uh, realm of D and D, and so they have to flesh out all the law. So they just take like because you know they they have law for every bit, but it's mm. generally quite vague for like stuff that's not often explored. Yeah, like if you look at the section on the Nine Hells in the DMG, it's really it's like a paragraph or two. Yeah, and it was fleshed out a bit more in Xanathar's, but now it's um, obviously you know really fleshed out for this adventure, and they're gonna have maps and you can actually sort of see where everything is and, mm. and all the characters and stuff I like it because it's got a fallen angel in it which is yes. uh, surreal very much up my alley that is straight up your street because angels are just basically magic paladins if we just, <laughs> you know, we just that's kind of like where you want to be at level yeah. 20 you want to be a magical angel well paladin. yeah yeah paladins basically become angels at level 20 so effectively it's pretty cool it's very up my alley so um yeah, she's, That's cool. she's down there waging war and whatnot. And I like the way it's described. Is It seems like the ending can kind of go one or two ways. Yeah. Either you completely just get on board with the madness of hell mm-hmm. and Zarya. And like, be like, like evil. Yeah, and complete, go for it. Um, you know, destruction of 
of the the devils and demons because like the top level hell is like where the blood, the war, blood war is happens. happening yeah and she's just there to it's it's pure battlefield the whole time yeah and she's yeah. just there to destroy everyone um well that's the thing because they've they've described it in in like the the blurb that's the right word they describe it as her having a plan that she's finally going to kick off um which is interesting because i mean i've i've read through the modern kindness time of foes chapter on the blood war and there's nothing about that so this this is like a new interesting storyline um which i'm super into the part that really excites me is that it, it seems you might be able to turn her back mm. from uh from evil from evil and corruption which which is cool you know yeah. i like that seems a very thematic adventure for to play a paladin in or a cleric so mm. that's quite cool also quite a fun one to role play in as well because you you go down being good and you come up being something else mm. if i had a warlock uh like if i was running this game and i had a warlock uh in the party mm-hmm. i would absolutely put their patron in the first level oh, absolutely. House. like like because you, you never normally can meet your patron or like that's ridiculous but in this adventure you could actually face to face meet your patron and you like you don't usually sometimes you don't even know what they look like so that could be a really interesting role where you've got like this patron who's with you the whole time and you don't realize it's the yeah maybe you could just have it be like one of the other um like demon lords or something that's cool. knocking about yeah. in the blood war that'd be pretty uh, pretty snazzy so there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with, with that one um but we'll have to wait and see how yeah how it all comes out there's some cool new rules there are some cool new rules um Firstly, with the the fun vehicles that are in the in the adventure, like they're like they're called war machines. There's some that are like motorbikes, which is quite cool. Um, there's these big like bus type siege machines. They're cool. Um, yeah, it is very like Fury Road. It is, it which is. is cool. But the the rules I'm really interested in is the like one on one game. Rules. Oh, so that's in a different <laughs> announcement. So, yeah. yeah. So alongside the main adventure they've announced what's called the essentials kit which is essentially <laughs> the essentials mm-hmm. kit is essentially Brilliant. a beefed up version of the starter set so it's um there's an adventure in it which is i can't remember the name of it um written by chris perkins and the way he described it was uh basically a uh, that was you joe is, is this, was you. i was just about to berate you as that well because it's, it's always you i apologize right. well there you go i'll move this off the desk uh, yeah continue um, so the essentials kit is basically a, a beefed up extra that you can put on with the starter set so you can play it separately before or after lost minds um and it's the way he described it in the opening ceremony was that it's extra locations um in that section of the sword coast where the lost minds is set um some new ones some that you've seen before but with extra things extra side quests that you well, can i'm do. very interested to play that one because we've just almost wrapped up finished, the yeah. uh, starter set which i never played before um and it's actually quite good what i find interesting as well is the essentials kit goes from levels one to six whereas lost minds goes one to five and they he's saying well you can you can link it in and do it all together as like one bigger campaign so that could be quite fun mm. uh, yeah you'd probably just slow, you'd, you'd probably just slow down the leveling and that would, yeah that would, that would work but now that seems cool because I'll, I'll be interested to compare i suspect this one's going to be better yeah um just because they're they're more experienced with the rule set yeah. and stuff now and in this one so the original lost minds came with uh four or five character sheets and they were like your standards he had a wizard a cleric a, a fighter and uh, i think a rogue um and in this one they've given you character sheets and one of them is a bard which is a character you never see put up front which is quite nice i think they know that people love the role playing now and so they're feeding into that i mean it's five years since the first starter set so they've really had time to think about where 5e is and what it's doing um the rule book that comes with it as well with the starter set you've got a standard basic rules this one is all focused on character building 
So that's, I guess it's nice for people like us who see that they're they're in, they're going in a different direction, saying it's more of a storytelling thing. But imagine being a brand new player buying <laughs> what you think is a starter set and it doesn't have a basic yeah, but I, yeah, but I suspect it will. I suspect it's just going to be better laid out in terms of. Uh, like the steps you know because player's handbook is pretty well laid out um mm. in terms of the things you do first i would say to build a, like an optimal character it's not really like i would do things i do things in different order than say the book is laid yeah, out i don't do the way the, the like i'm not gonna like i would probably pick like my class and stuff before my background yeah because i want to know what i'm going where into. i'm going and yeah. then i want to synergize my skills and stuff appropriately i mean we've been over that before though how we do it don't we? yeah so. yeah so but i think that they'll probably take all that into account i suspect but mm-hmm. then they've got these cool one-on-one rules which we've spoken about a bit before and about yeah. running a one-on-one game i've done a, a few of those um so if you're interested in really hearing what we think before these we get into these rules which we won't do today because they're not out yet um scroll back down for the episodes it's called the art of the solo adventure um, and it's it's a whole episode based on that but i'll be interested in see what changes they make because there are I don't really homebrew any changes myself um, but the way you have to DM is very different um, and I think some classes just work a lot better than others so do you do you remember probably a month or so ago they brought out an unearthed arcana for sidekicks mm. so the way I think this is going from what I've seen is that the one-on-one rules is going to be um, basically how to run the adventure for one player and give them sidekicks mm. see I, what I did is I essentially just had oftentimes an NPC companion there not mm. always what I really liked about it though is I would have an NPC companion there a lot of the time with the, the character who, yeah. would, who I would run obviously um, and I, it's, it's an easy way to give like exposition and stuff like that and have it still feel fairly natural but then what you can do is you can take the NPC character away at times and then that player feels very vulnerable on their own mm. like it, it, it heightens the sense of danger yeah, even more so yeah it's kind of so. like you get that feeling of being vulnerable that you get between level 1 and 3 but while you're level 5 yeah, yeah and you're just on your own and I like that that's the thing I like about being a low level character that feeling of risk mm. yeah I mean I had a player who's a druid who was um, which I think is a really good class because uh, they can just give themselves hit points, which yeah. is good, um, which helps with some of the survivability issues um, at a low level. And I think what was really good, I had them in like a dangerous jungle, basically, which they lived in, but it was still very dangerous. And when I would take the like NPC characters away, or the story would just go in that direction, they're on their own out in the jungle, they would just basic random encounters would be very scary and they would handle them in very different ways which i thought was was really cool so i am excited about that yeah so i'm i mean i'm i'm gonna get the essentials kit i've decided out of the things that they've announced that's one of the ones oh no come off come off it that's one of the ones i'm most interested in getting and having a look at so we will when it's released we will go through once it's in our hands the the one-on-one rules we'll probably do a a solo adventure podcast episode part two and, and really delve into it and see what we think about it and what we I change. never buy any books anymore I don't there's, there's, no you there's just use no, mine there's no reason for me to no as soon as something new comes out I know Ben will have it and uh, I'll just James pop, is um, pop around there and James in our group is going our way too he's already says he wants to buy The Descent it's so. good I've got multiple suppliers to choose from we are basically the physical version of what a mate having D&D Beyonders yes <laughs> basically you just buy all of them I, to be honest if you wanted to if you wanted to level it out you just you'd get the legendary bundle on Beyond <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we'd all be like happy, happy go lucky. Yeah, no, uh, I won't be doing that. No, 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 you won't. No. One day, One I'm day. gonna make. When I live in a van and I'm a, I'm a hermit, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna finally make the D and D Beyond transition. What I do want to talk about, Ben, is 
we actually have played your game a bit which we haven't done like since christmas yeah we'll get we'll get into that in a minute because there's a lot there that we need to unpack um there are there are a couple other things from the from the well, week I just want to chat about. Let's as get well. through them, Ben, because I have a lot to say, a lot <laughs> okay. of emotional tales to get to. All right. So alongside the essentials kit, you also get dice. Of course, you get um, uh, handout cards, which is a really nice thing that I think they're going to start introducing, which has all the magic items, all the quests, all the sidekicks on cards. That is very handy um, for and a DM. A DM screen, which didn't come in the first starter set, which I think was a massive oversight. It's a little flimsy one. It's not like the the ones you can buy that are proper hard cardboard. But it's it's nice and it's got nice art on it, so that's always a bonus. Um, my mm. first, my my second DM screen is starting to break, so it's always good to have a spare one flying around. Although I do own three. So. I think about that sentence. Like my second DM screen is about to break. Yeah, only because so I, don't... I need to buy another one to ensure I still have three. <laughs> only because I don't use the first one because the second one, the reincarnated one's got better stuff on it. But anyway, actually I own four because uh, James got me one for my birthday to go along with Waterdeep, so that's fun. Um, Just stop. Anyway need help i'm a collector leave me alone um they also announced uh i don't know if this is up your street or not there's um, a rick and morty versus dungeons and dragons comic book that's been running which actually looks quite interesting i kind of do want to read it but they're now going to bring out um in collaboration with whoever and whoever adult swim and hasbro maybe i don't i can't remember um a Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty start set levels one to three. Rick, uh, Rick is your dungeon master. It looks like, dare I say it, it's going to be like the Stranger Things start set and a bit of a flop. But it's got actually some interesting writers behind it. The guy who writes the comic, so it could be good if it's your thing. I don't think it'll be any of our thing. No, probably not. No. But I like the cool. cartoon, but I'm not. I'm probably not. I'm not into mixing that with my D&D in a game so um, but yeah an interesting collector's item if that's your thing I probably won't be getting that one like I didn't get the strangest things set mm-hmm. um, cool and the only other thing that I wanted to uh, hit on which is a small thing um, you may remember when they bought out uh, Tomb of Annihilation and when they bought out I think Gilmar Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica they did specialised dice sets which were just dice in a nice tin they're doing a Descent dice set which is they're really nice looking dice but they come in a box that doubles up as two rolling trays which is a nice little thing that is cool velvet lined like properly and nicely decorated with the skulls and stuff but they also come with for Dungeon Masters um cards with random tables for the first level of hell and monster stack cards which is nice as well so they look like a a nice little peripheral that you can get i wonder if in the adventure there'll be a way to get to the second level of hell and how much that'll be fleshed out so without spoiling anything um james and i who are running this 2dm game uh, which is going to be going on for the better part of another year because it's it's going all the way up to level 20 and we're currently level four um we play bi-weekly at most so we have built a the finale from levels like 15 on is is a homebrew that involves hell um and when we that's all i'll say because you're playing in it when we were talking about it and planning it together i started saying to him i've noticed that they're talking about hell a lot more in the podcasts and things that they put out and the the magazines and all of that i said i bet you the next adventure is going to be pretty much what we've written and when they said they were only doing the first level i was like okay phew like (laughs) it doesn't look like we've stolen their idea now so um so i'm i'm interested in the book because it might have some stuff in the week and use which is a good thing that james wants to buy it because he is part of the dming team so Mm. but yeah it will be interesting to see how (laughs) the dming team well it's the two of us (laughs) it's the two of us 
um, when it's all said and done, we will break we will break down how it works out with TDMs. So that'll be good. Yeah. So stay tuned for like 2022, 20, 23, something <laughs> like that. We'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Um, so that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much everything they've announced. Um, uh, it's interesting and it's nice to see. I did think for a second they were going to announce two adventures when they said that the adventure was dis- titled Boulder's Gate: Descent into Abyss. I thought, oh, it's another water deep. There's going to be a part two. Um, like they did with Dungeon and Mad Mage, which I've seen online a lot of people hating on, to be honest. Well, it is a bit samey. I mean, it is, that is, yeah, it's very specified. But they were up front, like, it just is, it is, a, big it is just a big dungeon. But the way I'm using it is when I run Dragon Heist, I'm going to have. No, I'm not going to, like, religiously like, prep it, but I'm going to know a lot about it. If I was it. to use it, I would just take levels and put them in other dungeons. That could work, but you'd have a lot of work to do to change them around because they, they are intrinsically linked with a theme overall with Halister, which I, I wouldn't want to take away but with with our adventure taking place in Waterdeep I'm just going to make sure I know a bit about like I'm going to read up on Skullport and I'm going to read up on maybe the first two levels just so I know what's going on there and then if you guys decide you want to descent <laughs> descent uh, into it I'll have a brief knowledge that I can just fly with for the go and then when your sessions start there I can just dip into that book that's how I'm going to utilise it it's an interesting book to have on the shelf as well because it's like 250 pages it's a big book and there's a lot in there that you can use outside of that, yeah, but even just adventure. using individual rooms for encounters and stuff. Exactly. Like, it's got a lot There's a lot that you can, you can mine For out. a dungeon. Well, as much variation as you can put in a dungeon, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it is like, what, 20 levels? I don't know. A lot of them. Yeah, and they're pretty unique. So. Okay, so you want to talk about our home games. Well, yes, Ben. Uh, let me regale listeners with a, a story of... <laughs> of uh, We're going to run out of time if we vengeance, can. Vengeance. Really deeply into Justice. This. Betrayal. Triumph. <laughs> I think all those. Uh, Yeah, so um, just obviously um, followers of the podcast will know a lot about Galahad, Artorius, um, the... uh, The Paladin. Yes, the the Paladin, the uh, Forsaken, the Righteous. So basically, long story short on that, you know, he got stitched up for... His brother's murder. His brother getting murdered. He is a... um, a bastard son of a. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Ca- I'm not counting that as explicit. That's not. That's the correct wording. He's okay. a bastard son of. Um, of a, a of lord a mayor. Lord mayor, once king, sort of lineage thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, and he was out of his brother one day training. Um, he was gonna. He was sent off to become a paladin, sort of like you know, out of the way sort of thing. Worth noting that you were young at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not very old, but well, I can't remember exactly. Maybe like fourteen, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the other brother was about twelve. Anyway, brother got murdered. Um, it was unfortunate. Yes. And uh, he got stitched up for it. Had and to go you on the run. Didn't see who did it? Not exactly. No, no. It was all a bit of variation. There was a lot of Bernie stabbiness going on. Um, all out of the but blue. But they left you. That was the important thing. They left me. They killed your brother and yeah, left you. Yeah, I did get one or two of them, but it was all. It was a nightmare, really. So I got stitched up for it on the run for some time. Uh, my ultra story was basically just trying to find out who did it, so I could chop them up, pretty much, um, with my righteous fury. So I was kind of never really completed a uh, paladin school. No, um, he sort of never really did, got did, a, did a couple of semesters. Yeah, didn't didn't really get to the end. So he doesn't really know what he's doing. You just knew you had an inaptitude for it. He's kind of got this big long kind of B plot going on with his religion and his yeah. faith and how that works. Yeah. He's uh, very bitter about it, but he's sort of coming to terms with that in a I don't know incorrectly why, correct like way. Level nine now. Level nine. Yeah, yeah. So so it's been a while. It's been a while, and anyway, it turns out. Um, Kind of by chance, but not really by chance. He comes across 
the killer. He doesn't yeah, know this so, at first. So basically, just to set it up, the, the party had been sent to uh, sort out a problem in a village. Um, these rifts are opening up around Esteroth that are bringing in monsters from other planes of existence. And some monstrosities had come through from the Shadowfell. Um, you'd been sent to the town of Pittywinkle to clear out the problem and hopefully close the rift so that everyone who had evacuated could be Then uh, finger to death another PC who died. Oh yeah, I killed Teflig. Yep. The mystic. So, I mean, he did deserve... <laughs> three, th- currently three player characters have died in four sessions. Three just, sessions? No, I think it was four. I think we had one in the interim where we were... Just, Are you sure? We were exploring a library in that one and I think that was okay. No, that's the one that... No, because then we, as we started the fight we... Uh, cut to black sort of thing oh yeah okay. and then you immediately killed the uh, oh yeah start the next <laughs> session <laughs> yeah so uh, I had my brain sucked out mm-hmm. um, and then the other two players had got finger of death so yes. a bit problematic a little um, bit, little bit. Bit. Ben's a bit bloodthirsty these days for some reason I don't know why that is uh, he just wants to get out of DM in this game I don't know <laughs> but we keep going we keep going anyway keep coming back so Galahad very bitter about this he's already in a pretty foul mood uh, mm. I must say um, things haven't been going your way no, no then no. it turns out that a player pulls me aside another character Isa and says look there's this bloke up the road here who's come to uh, evidently come to see me. It was a travelling wagon. Yes, evidently yeah. we've crossed paths. Um, and uh, he's an old flame of mine. Um, yeah. And uh, a bit of a sort of might be involved in your backstory in little ways. Because obviously I disclosed, uh, disclosed some of this to Oiza. Yeah. So that was a betrayal then. She doesn't share a lot, does she? That, no, that was a betrayal. No. Uh, she, I, she said straight to my face, I don't know anything about that, can't help you. Yeah. She did know a lot about it then. She knew a, yeah. she knew a lot. So um, I put a little tactful zone of truth down after we sort of coaxed him out of the shadows. Um, he couldn't lie to me. No. So um, I asked him straight up what happened, and he said he he killed me killed my brother. Mm. Um, now but. there was a bit of complexity to it. He was hired by someone else to do it. Suppose, suppose, ah, uh, you know, he, his loved ones were in danger. Look, Galad wasn't very concerned about yeah, that so at the time. He, his his point. Ben, of view don't was defend that him. He ben, had, he had no don't option. Don't defend him, Ben, because his people were at risk unless he did what this person wanted, and he was hired to kill, not your brother, but you. Mm. And got the two mixed up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Easily done. We did look similar. Yep. We did look similar. Yeah. And um, well. Galahad uh, sort of uh, took this information in yep. and um, decided, well, as he would say, everyone has a choice mm. and this man chose poorly. Yes. Um, and so... Stuck to his morals. A very cool fight ensued, actually, because um, I went ahead. Uh, Isa was trying to stop me. She's yeah. doing shenanigans, turning invisible, tried to charm me. She's a sorcerer, so she's trying to do a magic. Well, actually, stuff. I think she suggested that I didn't, um, but my uh, my willpower was too strong for through. her foul magic. Yeah, and I broke through that and um, begin to begin to smite uh, the hell out of him. Yeah, a lot. So this guy was a were raven. So you cut him down to like three hit points. Yes, and to, and then it got to his turn. So between you and a, another PC, and he transformed to try and fly away, and in doing so, he flew high, up about. 50 feet and a flock of ravens went up to and I had a whole I had a whole round to figure out what I was going to do because everyone else was taking turns yeah my our ranger friend just can't hit like a barn door it seems with his bow (laughs) for some reason just just can't hit anything so he's up there he's about 50 feet I'm thinking okay can I can I misty step up 20 feet and then throw a javelin at him like will that be enough I was thinking I don't know how much hit points he has like it probably a javelin just probably won't do it then I had a whole person, which I'd already tried on him and didn't work. So yeah. I had one more. You um, managed to avoid it. I managed to uh, hold him, and he, obviously you can't flap your wings when you're uh, held. So he fell to the ground.
ground. He fell to the ground. Um, and died. Well, well, went unconscious. Went unconscious. Then I manoeuvred over there to choke the life out of him, yeah. as a righteous father would, would yeah. do. Do it with your own bare hands. Um, Brutal. And, now, and then I had two characters trying to pull me off of this other character like they were grabbing onto my they shoulders were, like your, yeah like your arms were around his neck and they were trying to like pry your hands off of him unfortunately they were like the druid and the sorcerer of the group who had See, no strength, strength score yeah. but, and one of them did succeed but I can't remember what bonus I had um, I ended up making a saving throw or whatever and I failed it but then passed because I, I blessed myself yeah you were blessed which was so thematic because like it was like the divine justice of the <laughs> moment but I didn't kill him. No. Oh, I, I choked, it, choked him to unconsciousness, and um, then we tied him up. And uh, took him for a ride. I had a, a question. I questioned him in our wagon, our pimped out wagon. And you learned some things as well, because he said that um, in failing to kill you, he was he was sent for a long time to follow you, which I'm hoping you picked up on, mm-hmm. because there was a long time ago some disturbance at a camp. I don't know if you remember that. I vaguely remember. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And I you couldn't find the tracks because he flew away. He didn't walk away. Mm. Mm. And he said that he found out some things about your real mother. Mm. Yes. Turns out she is... Uh, well, i got some theories on this. He he was very vague about it, yeah. which was a bit annoying. Um, well, you were going to kill him. Well, yeah. I was going to give you everything, there, wasn't there, there was that. There was that. But, um, I don't know, so she's some sort of divine being of some she's sort. She's got some sort of connection. I'm, I'm assuming she's an Azamar, but I don't know mm. for sure. Mm. But it uh, could be something else. That was, in, that was an interesting turn of events. But for me... Galahad finally got the thematic payoff he'd been waiting for. Yeah. Now, his story's not done, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. This, oh, yeah. You know, this is... Um, he had the kind of uh, Jon Snow executing Janos Slint moment. Yeah. That was yeah. his... Uh, <laughs> he, he killed the boy. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> Became the man. And so um, he sentenced him to death. And actually, it turned out that most... Even Isa, who was sympathetic to him, agreed, no, he's got to die. Yeah. He's, he's made the there's wrong not, There's no redemption for this no. bloke. He wasn't that sorry for himself. And, and Isa could have given him the ultimate gift in in, in, in the, the MacGuffin of the campaign, which she, she currently has on her person, could have removed him from, yeah. <clears throat> from pretty much everything. Could have, could have saved him, basically. In doing so, she would have sacrificed all of her memories of him as well, which, which it, it would have been... To be honest, I kind of hoped the player did it because it would have been a very powerful moment because the item removes him from time completely mm. um, because I've done the the campaign would have been over because Galahad would have smited her into oblivion as well so well I don't know because the thing is she, if she'd have done it he would have gone and all of you would have forgotten him and you would have been in this camp with this this wagon that you didn't recognise and these clues as to who this person was but not actually knowing who he was. It would have been a really interesting it would. session to roleplay, but it didn't go that way. <clears throat> it didn't go that way. <clears throat> we decided collectively, and it was going to happen either way, that, that he had to die. Mm. So um, we kind of... Well, I got my. I we had a new uh, uh, the the player who had died last session was just playing this random bard who yeah. with us this dwarf who I um, quickly initiated into my divine order yeah. so he could be like my squire in this <laughs> uh, much, justice. Yeah. So I quickly gave a quick initiation to him. He brought him out, and um, it was raining. I had no it armor on. I had no distance. shirt on. It was and it was your pecs glistening, in the, <laughs> and in it the was rain. very thematic because. 
the magic sword that Galahad has, which is kind of tied to his backstory a little it's bit as family well, is um, kind of tied to a divine storm of sorts. Yeah. And that was sort of what was going on overhead. Yeah. Um, and now, I love in d and I love a good visual. Like, all my ideas when I'm running my own campaigns, yeah. they always start off with a visual before yeah. anything else. Um, sure. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, mine, I'm a bit Zack snyder in that way. Mine do too, <laughs> because like, I know when I do my, like, my story timelines where I can work, like, my flowcharts of what, mm. what the possible outcomes are in the general plot and um, depending on how you change it when i do that and i come up with potential five or so endings i have images on my mind and what what mm. i will describe those endings as so i do the same thing absolutely and so there was this wonderful visual it came down i got eyes uh, um, perhaps a little bit cruelly on galahad's part to hold, his to, head. to hold his long hair out Ooh. about clearing his neck and um galahad gave a little speech about yeah. divine justice yeah about how he's God, he's becoming a little bit of a megalomaniac. He is. Because he basically... In he's his, on a bit of a dark journey. His speech was essentially, he was saying, like, kind of, right, you know, it's our belief in the gods that gives them power. And mm. then he sort of said, it's our belief in ourselves that gives us power. Mm. And then he was like, every man a god. Mm. So he kind of sees himself yeah. as speaking and, this and could be, answering. He is the executioner and the of jury. the gods. And this is this is interesting because he's in my judge, world... judge, jury, and executioner. The gods are removable. You could... In theory, go up there, take a god out, and take their place. Well, we did talk about that a little bit uh, yeah. a bit later on in this session that that may be how this level twenty campaign yeah. ends. I don't know. It's really but interesting. Theory. It was very interesting, and um, yeah. So he he's decided that he is judge, jury, and executioner, and he has the divine right to say so. And um, takes him out. He sentenced him to death, and yeah. off came the head. It was a it was a very deep session uh, there's a lot of a lot of role play I think we only had one one encounter in the whole thing with, with him um, we did bring back with well, other stuff did happen afterwards he did, did bring back that player that died the session before because I knew they wanted to come back but they also in dying got a lot of answers to their character yeah, that they hadn't had before um, and now have a new system to role play with which will be fun yeah that um, was cool and I like as well know, my, uh, my sword awakened got more powerful yeah I was I was I was thinking about that because I your sword has got um in Wakened and Enlightened States and I was thinking uh, that because it's it's built for the, the, the dragons really I thought maybe it would be when you when you fought a dragon for the first time but this felt thematic and this felt like a moment of bondage well I was glad because I, 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 I didn't even get to use the plus 2d6 damage to dragons now it's plus of, three. The, of the first phase <laughs> and now it's plus 3 but I'm pretty sure we're fighting a dragon next session so yeah. that we will I will finally get to do a lot of damage to a dragon with the sword that's made for killing dragons yeah. and um, yeah. oh no it's it's pretty that's good it, it's a cool sword but it, it is niche to dragons so I yeah. have to uh, that's why the every campaign is, like throughout every single session I've been like so uh, when, when are we going to go fight the dragons I know there's some dragons over yeah. there we gonna, the thing is they're on the other them? side of the continent and when you get into that storyline more stuff from the sword will come out because mm. the, the, well it's the, thematically the, appropriate yeah the creatures that know it will know it and that kind of thing so that's but yeah it was a really deep session it was really interesting well i've been i've been wondering because i know you've you've you showed me the little the little page you have for the sword and i I haven't read any of its powers or anything so i'm interested how it goes i'm i i i'm interesting what its final state will be i don't know how many stages there are to its upgrading potential Mm. but i'll Mm. be interested to see what its final state is and i guess it's capstone because we love talking about we do love capstones so that was uh awesome um yeah, really, really good. And it was kind of funny because it sort of came out of nowhere. It was like essentially a random encounter on the road. So I, I had always in my mind, um, when I knew that I was going to send you to this village, I knew that I was going to, in the next session, introduce characters that I've been sitting on for a long time and, and planning about for a long time. Um, Wesley, who plays Isa, we sat down and we talked about his backstory. We talked about the character Borsch for a long time. Um, 
Bush being the assassin. The assassin, murderer. yeah. Bush. And he uh, he just hasn't come up. Um, and Wesley and I have had a few sort of like side glances when clues have been dropped. And that's the thing with your mother as well, your real mother. There are clues that I've dropped. I just don't think you've picked up on them quite. Well, you couldn't have known um, not and until now. No, exactly. And that's the thing. So I always knew that Borsch was going to be part, was going to be in this village when the evacuation happened. Um, and so he was either going to come back with the other carrot with the other NPCs, the party, mm. the, basically the village people, or he was going to have abandoned his wagon and watched from a distance as a raven um, and that's what I decided it was on. very cool it was it was very cool and I like as well there's even more conflict now because Galahad kind of got a hint that uh, the the old stepmother might have been involved yeah. at some point before um, and now he's but he didn't really sure. believe it he wasn't 100% sure now he's you know basically, basically confirmed it was her yeah. who had set this up and she had it in for him and there's a lot going on there that, he, that you don't know and he doesn't he's know he's extremely conflicted now though because unlike Borsch who who committed the deed he was there he slit his throat so he had to die that was that but with the mother there's a lot because part of him's you know really angry at her that he's basically just for being born she's like you know in his from his point of view just for being born she's like hates him and wants to kill yeah, him because of what what he stands yeah well yeah her. what he represents and everything and so he's he's angry at her on that front but then she has, in his childhood and stuff, shown him moments of kindness and things yeah. like that, like where she's, she's, she's she has bit, tried to love. Like you. she's been so exhausted of being bitter that these moments of tenderness yeah. come out. So there's that in the back of his mind as well. And on top of this, she's already suffering because it was her son who died, not, not me, by her and mistake. By, by her, her mistake. On, yeah. So yeah. on that, she's already got that blood on her hands. Yeah. So he almost sympathizes with her because they've both been grieving for the same person yeah. this whole time but at the same time she caused it all and she is the <laughs> she's the architect of his misery it's such it's really it's interesting and he saw her that episode because yeah. he went back to like the capital um and he didn't he, didn't, in, didn't, he didn't I think he just said one word to her and walked by because he, he doesn't even know how and people like the other players were saying like, oh you're going to follow this up this story now and I'm like no, I don't even know how to process it like I don't know what he would do <laughs> to you it happened like half an hour ago you're like I can't I can't I deal with that I don't know what Galad's going to do I really no. don't know what you know part of him just wants to lop her head off there and then mm. um, but this other part like but just, you've just you've just been invited back to the city your your burden of the crime has been lifted from your head people, doing that people would, are beginning to hate him less and less because yeah, he's doing these heroic Right and you know he he's not this um kind of you know murderer mm. maniac basically in their eyes as he was before he's a bit of a maniac a murderer, little bit, a little but bit. for justice um yeah. and i just yeah it's so complex because of all these mixed emotions he's got going on in his head and she's just got such like a profound sadness to her character that he has as well yeah they are more similar than they are different which is uh problematic for him when he wants to enact justice and he's like his more like his sort of um kind of um morally gray um kind of oaths and things yeah that well they're, they're, they were pretty uh, uh white until he muddled them up a bit really now they're more gray yeah yeah um he's from what he's been through they've developed and changed it's easy to just kill all these bad guys that are like almost objectively evil but when he's you can justify like, that now his morals are being thrown back in his face and be like look you've got to you've got to make a choice you've now. got to make the choice yeah. and so it's and that's that's what i want to do with your character i want to question his morals and push him to that limit and see where it changes him and i like this i i would it will be really interesting to see because the way your character going is going is not the way i thought he would go 
go. Mm. Um, and it will be really interesting to see what happens, especially with the gods. Well, tell me, because uh, we were talking about it, what is your favourite visual from the campaign? What, so far? So far, the favourite visual uh, moment ooh. for you. Because I know what one it is from the game I DM'd, uh, I DM. Um, okay. I'm interesting what, what it is for you. Uh, there are some good highlights. I'm not sure what my favourite is. Highlights are in the last session. Uh, the the execution was an incredible set, mm-hmm. um, and I think being able, I've really developed my DM style recently. So I'm I'm utilising my tools more. I'm using music and I'm using um, ambient noise and, and things to really set a scene for myself. And I think the players. And I don't know, is it is it pulling off for you? Yeah, it was good. Okay, very good. So I'm enjoying that, and that's helping me really get in the moment. Um, I really like the visual of you guys travelling down the road and seeing a dragon for the first time in the distance, taking down an airship. Yeah, that was very miles cool. Miles off. And and actually, while we're on that, the next episode is... This was quite a heavy one that we had. Um, there was a lot of realisation, a lot of deep and... Um, kind of depressing role play I think I think I left the session I was like is everybody okay now oh, yeah. a lot's happened here Are you, do you all want to stay around for half an hour and like, watch some TV are you okay so the next session is going to be I think more fun because I'm in my mind I'm titling it we're going on a dragon hunt we're going <laughs> yeah. to catch a big one so basically so yeah. that's, it's going to be a more fun laid back like let's go and see what's going on um, another favourite of mine is I really liked the the visual of your trial by combat as Galahad that was wonderful that was a really cool one and the, the other party members watching I really enjoy the image of um, Isa's character burning the, the mummy lord in, in oh a yeah one, one shot of the mummy lord yeah that was an incredible moment um, there's lots of them and I forget some of them but um, the one of right back in the early session when you when I introduced actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf you guys <laughs> that walking, walking through the forest and him creeping around watching you <laughs> that in the was shadows good. that's one of my favourite I think of that Isa one I always uh whenever I think of that she basically did this um, she did Scorching Rays and Twinned it and like she like critted on a bunch of them and the mummy was vulnerable to she fire was, yeah she was so, pretty much in her element so it was like powers. she did like 130 damage or something I think it was one, 127 and killed the mummy anyway in one in one shot yeah. but I always imagine the fire fo- like the amount of fire that must have been the is like, just like I imagine it's like yeah. um, kind of like, a- like Avatar yes. like when the firebenders like you have the comet and they're all like yes. heightened up with their fire like the Agni Kai with Zuko yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thingy. I know exactly what like, you're talking about like that level of flame is a Pretty really much. cool image and she's, she's a flame sorcerer I can't remember the subclass but she, a phoenix sorcerer one of those I don't know but she like she can erupt she does like one flame. damage type is basically it. <laughs> yeah. yeah she can erupt into fire but I've realised as well with my characters just as a side note my, my wizard is very fire related and I think that's well a, a lot of the fight like a lot of the damage spells are fire yeah it's interesting but yeah so they're, they're a few of my favourite ones they're there are others, but but without like really thinking about it. Mm. I think I have two from my campaign. Like the the one that's my favourite is at the end of the session, the the players were at this um, monk temple <clears throat> called Temple at the End of the World, and it yeah. was it's essentially a temple on a high rise bit of jungle basically mm. and it's right next to a, a waterfall that um, fall, drops down like hundreds of feet and then carries on into the jungle yeah. so as you stand on the edge of the waterfall you can see all the jungle and beyond it this vast mountain range called the shield um, which where the players were going yeah. uh, that was their journey and the waterfall at the top doesn't run very fast at all and it's extremely shallow mm. um, it's only about five or about I don't know five or six inches deep and it just runs off the edge very smoothly and there's in the center of this waterfall um, there's like these broken set of stairs that reach out about six or seven feet out into essentially the sky and nothingness and then they just finish they're broken yeah and it was the end of the session 
Um, and one of our player, Erebus, who was having kind of this, his own sort of like monk enlightenment awakening, I suppose, yeah. in, at the temple at the time. And he had a lot of things going on. And it finished with him cross-legged at the top of the stairs um, in kind of the vast astral nothingness. And he sitting down meditating and how I kind of described it was the camera was very low behind him about 10 feet behind him and he all the thematic stuff we talked about in that um in that episode was encompassed in this one image where you had essentially the vast sky of stars like this sea of stars above him mm. him perfectly aligned with the horizon so him sitting on the border and then below that the water that was also reflecting the stars and the land and it was like he was going on this journey of sort of learning that like enlightenment and meaning is this place in between like chaos and order yeah and then you had the chaos of the stars but then the sort of natural order of the jungle below and he is quite literally in this image sitting on the border of order and chaos that's a really good one and with the stars going into the water it's like the merging of these two things how you have to bring these two together to find enlightenment and get on the path yeah. and he was meditating on the border yeah. just for me he was like I was like this yeah. could not have worked I any really better like for this that image a, that was it's, it's, if I could if I could do art if I could paint and draw like, yes exactly I can see exactly how that looks in my mind I just can't translate that to a page it's not a skill I have it but. was it was wonderful um, so that was I realised and incredible. then when our, our warlock character basically fully gave in and joined a cult and that was <laughs> yeah. a good one and he's in a dark dungeon room and it was they're all, all in, like, cloaks they were like, all cloaks and they all had masks on yeah and they were all like surrounding him he had this big like his back was all bloodied with this large snake tattoo they'd put on it yeah. and he was reading it like they were reading it's like they have like their own holy and, text from the book yeah. and this old gnarled man and then, I remember that. then this essentially psychopath cult um, yeah. thieves guild leader <laughs> Lady Helena was um, like swearing him in basically and he was just giving in to the uh, the abyss I Pretty suppose yeah, which giving was himself over giving into in the, the void that was a really fun one as well and um, <laughs> that player is it's so funny because that like we're all like he's never uh, like really emotionally invested in anything no. he just he's in there to level up and get powerful and yeah. shoot and shoot things he's it's, there for the game more than the story so he was there like he was joining the cult he's like oh I'll just oh, give, me, cool. give me access to a cool magic shop and I'll yeah. get some new stuff we were like oh my god he's making this epic like decision. moral decision oh god, he's yeah. just like well I'll, I'll get a few levels out of this and maybe I'll get another like um, kind of invocation <laughs> so I'll do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but it was um, I, I keep trying to make him have an emotional choice and every time I do I'm like look do you want to you've been sentenced to kill this uh, old uh, war veteran who's living alone and who's lost his wife and he's like okay yeah, I'll just blast him yeah, yeah alright yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it it's fine yeah. okay, okay he's that. on his knees now he's begging you no I, I've, I've killed him he's, he's yeah, not begging done. anymore I'm running dead. through yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man so we have a variety of players in our group is, we do uh, is, is, um... but we've got a good mix we, we, we're we lucky we've got a very good group um, and we mix well together and, and that helps and we're all kind of there for the same sort of stuff and, and the bits that aren't the same that we're all there for build on each other mm. um, and that's nice and that's what you should look for in a group I think indeed well look um, this wasn't what I intended to talk about this episode no I can't remember what the, the actual topic was going to be but. well that's fine because we can do that for the next one if you like because we've we've sat here and spoke for like 40 minutes now um, so hopefully some game tales is what you needed today just to get your brain going um, well I think it, it gives it um, if nothing else just 
kind of gives people a bit of motivation inspiration and, and some inspiration and yeah. ideas you have different... advantage on your next check there you go yeah exactly your next check for writing, for writing your next story. session yeah. you've got advantage and if you're thinking well this isn't helpful my next session is is like tomorrow i need to get going next week <laughs> this won't help you it won't help but you. in the week after that week if you have that, this same issue next week we're going to talk about how to prep a session in like half an hour and less so uh, we'll give you some tips and tricks on how to That's how Ben does it every week. Yeah, every just week. Go, oh, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. And it's there. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about how to prep in, in under 20 minutes if we, if we can get it that, that tight. Um, yeah, we've, ha- we've had some people on Reddit say they like hearing about our stories. So hopefully you are one of those people. Yes, it's for you. <laughs> and if not, there's, there's like 33 other episodes. So mm-hmm. have at it and we will, we will see you next week. Goodbye. See you later. Thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast, do us a favor. Leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at WeSpeakCommon or through the email WeSpeakCommon at Hotmail.com. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. Free Music Archive.